This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my regular fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. How are you doing today, Frank? I'm well, thanks, Andrew. How are you? Doing all right. This is episode number 12 of Cinema Fix. If you're new to the show, basically, this is the show on Film Geek Radio where we talk about new mainstream blockbuster releases, and each week we release uh, an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is when we just give our general thoughts on whatever big release we're talking about that week. And then the second part is when we talk spoilers and we get really in-depth and we try to analyze it a bit more and figure out what really does and doesn't work about the film. So if you've seen the film and you'd appreciate a more in-depth discussion about it, you should probably check out part two. Uh, right now, we're, we're, we're not going to talk about spoilers or anything too intense. We're just going to give our general thoughts. This week, the film we're going to be talking about is The Gray. Frank, why don't you give our listeners a little information about The Gray? Uh, the Gray was directed by Joe Carnahan, who also co-wrote the script. Uh, it stars Liam Neeson as somebody who helps protect oil rig workers by shooting any wolves who come close and try to attack them. And wouldn't you know it, as Carmen would have it, his plane crashes in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness where he and his fellow survivors are immediately, how do I put this, uh, accosted by a pack of wolves and begin a daring race to be rescued slash not eaten. That's a good way to put it, Frank. Eloquent, wasn't it? Yeah. Very eloquent. All right, here's the clip. <laughs> What was that? The Alpha. They went at him. He put it down. Whatever, whatever that challenge was, the Alpha put it down. How are we going to deal with this? We kill him. One at a time. Tip the numbers. That's what they're doing to us. Okay, Frank, let's just talk for, for 10 minutes here and give our general thoughts about The Grey. What did you think of this movie? You know, Andrew, this was a tough one for me. Um, you know, you and I had talked a little bit earlier. Um, I've been thinking about it. You know, we saw it yesterday, and I'm having still having trouble putting my finger on, uh, you know, exactly what I thought about it. It's not an easy film to classify. It's really not. It, you know, it's very basic, I think, in terms of, you know, the story and everything. Um you know, I thought that the execution was was good. You know, I thought that Carnahan does a nice job of, of keeping you involved in the story. It just, I'm not really sure. You, you know, I think that my problem comes from, I know that it's much better than it could have been with the storyline that was in place, but it, I still don't think, I still think it's it's mediocre at most. You know, there are aspects of this movie that I think are handled really well i mean i'd at, agree with you at, at its basic level it's a survival horror film yeah and most of the time i think that part of it works 
pretty well with I, just I agree with yeah. just the this group of guys out in the wilderness trying to survive, trying to fight off these these wolves that are hunting them. Uh, Liam Neeson being a badass as he usually is around January, and I you know I think most of the time it's successful at being a pretty intense, engaging film. However, it seems like director Joe Carnahan isn't just trying to make a good survival horror film. He's also trying to make almost an existentialist art house film at times, musing about death and the afterlife and how we deal with personal grief and trauma. And I was I was on board for that a lot of the time. But at the end of the day, I kind of felt like the movie couldn't really make up its mind about what it was trying to say and what its overall message was supposed to be and what, what I as a viewer was supposed to take away. It seemed like there were a lot of contradicting ideas floating around in it at times. I think that it's interesting to look at the film on a character level because the movie opens up with what in my in my opinion is is a pretty terrible voiceover. Yeah, I would agree. Pretty awful melodramatic voiceover by Liam Neeson basically setting up this his character. Yeah. As a guy who is apparently uh his his wife left him or or something. We don't know. All we know is that she's not around anymore. Yeah. And he's sad and he seems like he's a man, he's a man on the edge. Yeah. You know, he's there out in nature dealing with wolves every day, protecting these these oil drillers, and it seems like he doesn't have much to live for. And when when the first five minutes of the movie was basically this really melodramatic voiceover about how Liam Neeson wants to kill himself, essentially, yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, no, this is not a good sign. Yeah, I, I was right with you. Um, you know, I wasn't sure that that worked for me. I, you know, I kept waiting for the voiceover to kind of fade off at some point or to, to go off and it just kept going on and on and on and he's talking about you know how we all deserve to be here you know we're all like the dregs of dregs of humanity or whatever and it's like oh my god this is like minute five and we're right. still going on here and i don't know if i can take this much doom and gloom right i much rather would have had that information just communicated to us through the story, yeah, and through you know, show show me that rather than tell me that. You know, I feel like I Liam Neeson's a talented enough actor. I should be able to see that he's a broken man without having a voiceover tell me that. Yeah, he he looked like a broken man, I right? Mean, let's let's be honest. Um, but thankfully, once the plane crashes and they're out in the wilderness, things do start to pick up. It's pretty steady after they crash, and I did start to feel pretty engaged. And there are some really interesting moments scattered throughout the movie and some pretty creative and intense death scenes as well. Because you know not all of these people are going to make it out alive. I had an inkling. And the script at times verges on – like it, it's walking that line between serious, thought-provoking dialogue and just over-the-top cliché. yeah. Like you'll have there there are several scenes in which these guys are out in the out in the wilderness trying to survive. They're like sitting around a campfire talking about, oh well, who do you miss back home? Or oh, do you think there's a god? And and it, you know, and 
I think on the whole that works, but it it was close. There were there were a few times where I was kind of like, okay, you you don't need to beat me over the head. Such a fine line, like you said, between okay, this is interesting. This is you know, this is a good direction to kind of think about for a little bit, and just okay, I. I know where you're going with this. I've heard this a million times in movies. Let's right, and, and you know, I don't mind if a film wants to be a little heavy-handed. If a film wants to delve into some of those ideas, as long as it seems consistent, and as long as it seems like, as long as it seems like it's appropriate for the movie. And like I said at the end of the movie, I was just kind of left wondering, well, what what was the point? What was I supposed to take away from that? What was Joe Carnahan trying to tell me? I was wondering that too, and you know, there's the whole thing with with his father's poem, right? I don't know if we should wait to get into it until part two. Well, well, I'm sure we'll discuss a lot of stuff in in part two, but essentially, you know, the tagline for the film is "Live and Die This Day." Yeah, you've seen it splashed on all the movie posters, and it turns out that's a, a line from a poem that Liam Neeson's character's uh, father wrote at, at one point and again they they mentioned this poem that he wrote and i was sitting there and i was thinking okay so he wrote a poem that's cool i still don't get it i still don't understand what that poem is trying to say or why it's relevant to to this situation yeah i was wondering the same thing i thought okay maybe that's on me because i've never been like mr deep poetry guy like maybe maybe i'm just stupid and like the person behind me is probably like Oh my God! So profound. That poem was so, so deep. So profound, and I'm just sitting there like, huh? Yeah, I, I didn't get it. I was like, well, that that poem sounds like it's like it's really deep, but I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't understand what it's saying at all. Yeah. And I feel like you could argue if if you really want to be harsh, you could argue that the that that's kind of what the movie is in general. It's it's trying to be deep and it's trying to explore all these existentialist themes, but the end of the day, I was just kind of like, well, I, I don't get it. Sorry. Like a slasher movie, basically, except with nature being like the guy with the knife. It's just, you know, you're watching these guys get picked off one by one. And uh, I think that's, you know, arguably for me when the movie was most effective, which because a lot of it was pretty well choreographed, I thought. Oh, sure. I think I think Carnahan's directing here is really impressive at times, especially with a lot of the uh, action sequences and a lot of the scenes in nature. He somehow manages to take this pretty standard setting of snow-covered woods and find new ways to make them visually interesting and kind of spice things up a little bit. So I never felt like, oh, just get out of the woods already. You know, it was always engaging and I was it was always pretty intense. And he comes up with some pretty good uh, obstacles for, for these characters to to overcome throughout the course of the movie. So overall, I, I'd say I liked the film, or at the very least, I liked most of the film. I have a lot of problems with the ending, which we'll talk about when we get into spoilers. But in release, I mean, you could do worse than going to see Liam Neeson fight some wolves. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I don't think it's a must-see um, by any means. Um I think he's been in better winter movies. Well, sure. I, I would say this this isn't on the level of something like Taken, which I really, really loved. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, for me, it, it was just kind of, I guess it's bland. It's just kind of, you know, it, okay, it's there. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's a it's an, an amusing enough distraction, I think. Right. 
And I, I would advise to any of our listeners who are thinking about going to see the film, don't watch the trailer if you can help it. If you haven't seen the trailer, don't watch it because this film has one of the worst marketing campaigns I've seen in a while. And we'll I'll talk about that in, in part two. But basically, don't don't watch the trailer. And don't go if you're squeamish. <laughs> don't go if you're squeamish. There, there are some pretty gruesome moments. Yeah. Don't go if you have a problem with blood. <laughs> or just remember me. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for our general thoughts on The Grey. Be sure to tune into part two when we talk spoilers. And be sure to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Chronicle. I think it's a superhero movie or documentary or a mixture of both. Should be interesting. Well, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. Uh, you can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, uh, please write us a review. That'll really help get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate it. It helps uh, keep Film Geek Radio up and running so that we can keep developing new free content for you. Uh, Frank, where can people find you online? I'm so glad you asked, Andrew. Uh, I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter at FJ Ready. And I have a website, quite frankly, entertainment.wordpress.com. All right. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thekuleshoveffect.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. So if you do follow me, uh, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back so that we can continue the conversation. That's what it's all about, Frank. I am all about communication, Andrew. I'm all about talking, the sharing of ideas, the the repartee between two scholars who want to know more about how this great world of our works. That's why you're my co-host, Frank. I wouldn't have it any other way, Andrew. All right. Well, I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Reddy. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. You know we do. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.